Mom, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> Just Mom, don't, don't do it. Don't listen to any episode. Last time, the boys were sent in the right direction thanks to an unlikely friend. They have just arrived to the town of Riverfell. We don't know why, but we'll soon find out. <sighs> Finally, we made it to Riverfell. Feels like it took forever. Well, you didn't even walk. You were just riding along on my back the whole time. Yeah, my legs fell asleep, and then there's literally a pain in my ass. Well, we need to find the Grand Wizard. So if you want to stretch your legs... Oh yeah, that feels good. Maybe I can buy you a saddle, Colossal. What do I look like, a horse? Well, maybe make your back feel less uncomfortable and then I won't have to. Mmm, fine. But don't be an ass about it. Alright, I'm out of here. So, where are we gonna find the Grand Wizard? Probably in the Astronomy Tower. I've been told he's fascinated by the worlds unlike our own, so there's a good chance he'll be there. Do you think he could help us with the map? I'd be shocked if he couldn't. Come on, let's get to him at once. The faster we move, the quicker we'll be on our way. What is the map? What do they need the Grand Wizard for? Is Colossal a horse? Find out next time. Welcome to Obey the Triple. Everybody and welcome to Oh Baby a Triple, the podcast that started as a TV show turned into a radio show and is now, as I said, a podcast. I'm your host Corey McRae, and I uh, watched a lot of Netflix, but I'm also in LA. Hello, hello. I think hello. I, I think it's redundant. I said that last week, definitely. But fuck it. <laughs> Well, well, now it's a recap at the beginning, so now everyone knows. This is someone they might not have watched the last episode, but they're watching yes. this one. So now, now you're catching them up. It's true. Yeah, it is true. I am. And also, Harry wasn't in the last episode, so now yeah, now no, I'm, Harry, getting, yeah. I'm getting caught up. Now <laughs> I know that you're in LA. There he <laughs> yeah. goes. It so Harry got out. the recap episode. Yeah. See, it's important. He needed it. He truly needed it. Ryan. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I never know who goes next. Ever. Someday we'll figure that out. You know, I feel like maybe we... I'll just direct. Maybe I'll just direct the next person to sure. take over. Hi, I'm Ryan, and I have now found a new love for literature beyond uh, just really bad autoerotica uh, erotica stories like Chuck Tingle books. Hell yeah! <laughs> you talk about Harlequin romances. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I read this favorite. really good... <laughs> I, I, I found some pretty good ones. <laughs> can you can you enlighten us a little <laughs> bit? Oh, sure. Um, I found out there's uh, Amish, uh, you know, Amish Harlequin novels. Which Hell yeah. I didn't know was a thing until oh. recently. Huh. <laughs> it, it's it's all about being Amish and how much... And it's <laughs> apparently extremely popular. That's I didn't know it. this. It's, it's, it's like... <laughs> It's like some of the top selling stuff on like audible.com. I went on audible and I was just looking at books and next thing you know it, it was like 
Amish romance. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I dug into a hole of like researching Har- Harlequin novels that are Amish. Picking his wipe off off of the milking stool, he laid her down gently on the bed of hay. <laughs> I hate it. I, I wonder. I wonder how bad it is. Like I've never. I didn't read it, and I didn't want to. But I, I was kind of like, I wonder if they're any comically bad. But I don't know. I do wonder too. Maybe we should uh, nix the other, like the radio drama project, and just go with writing harlequin romance like <laughs> is this is this a good time to announce the radio drama project yeah oh yeah we haven't, yeah, we, haven't we haven't talked about it on the show so yeah <laughs> yeah probably but also I, we should introduce who our other guest is oh yeah, we'll yeah. Get to that in a second <laughs> yeah that's that's less important <laughs> so wait do you Harry. want me to okay yeah <laughs> Corey. no we'll, we'll, we'll okay talk i think there was the... a bit of a misunderstanding because you said we should introduce the other guests, and then Corey said, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess we're just skipping my introduction <laughs> for now. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I meant we'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the radio in a second. We'll talk, we'll introduce Harry now. Okay, well, um, uh, I'm Harry. I apparently can't hear for shit. <laughs> and, uh, I guess I just learned that Corey moved to LA. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was a big surprise for me. Yeah. Ryan's still reeling. <laughs> All right, I'm glad the first five minutes of this show is, as always, a train wreck. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're in the work. We're working on it right now. We're still kind of figuring stuff out. Uh, doing a radio show for the Wow Factory YouTube channel and uh, potentially uh, some of the other the podcasting sites. So we're still in the works of figuring out, but we're really excited to uh, tell you guys about it. We don't have uh, a name for it yet, but we're working on this kind of uh, serious Twilight Zone-esque like episodic horror, sci-fi kind of, yeah. you know, that kind of idea. It's coming along. And we're really excited about it. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. I'm excited that we, are, we're, we have another project that we're working on. Honestly, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's cool. It feels good to be expanding our creative energies yeah which is like probably the worst way i could have worded that but <laughs> yeah this one is, this show is going to take a, a definitely different tone to oh baby a triple very different <laughs> or oh baby a triple is a lot of times are kind of like testing ground and just figuring stuff out and just a fun kind of who cares kind of show this show uh we're gonna kind of take a step in the more uh the more professional direction trying to make something that is bit Good. more structured and a bit more thought out Excited it's gonna be cool we don't have, look, look we don't have a name it. for it yet yeah we're yeah, figuring we're, that out we're in the works yeah but super excited for it so keep your ears peeled it's a weird thing to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> peel I, those you don't ears really folks peel, <laughs> you don't really peel an ear like an you know yeah you do it, it, it makes you me peel, feel like a, no you do you peel an ear of corn you have to peel the the, the parts off of it to get to the corn. Oh, yeah. So that that's oh. what Corey was referring to. Yeah. Oh. This is an so Amish go, podcast, so peel your corn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Shuck peel that corn. corn, my girl. Shuck it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe there's a really hot corn shucking scene in some of them. <laughs> she as she like tries to get the ha- like the hairy bits out of the corn and she's oh, like stroking God. it. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, and he's like getting sweaty. <laughs> the guy like the little butter, like rubbing the corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, 
The butter's, the butter's glistening and sparkling. Why, why is she eating the corn from the end of it? I don't... Oh. Oh, she didn't even bite it. She just went down on it. <laughs> she swallowed it whole. She, she comes back up and she has, like, the corn floss hanging out of her teeth. Oh, my God. Actually, she takes the corn... And then she sh- she's, like, eating it from the end, and then, like, she eats it whole. But then he finds out she's actually a snake, and her jaw hinges <laughs> like a snake, and then just swallows it whole, and then a snake falls out of her body. What? Ryan, we don't want to give away the plots for our radio <laughs> drama yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm glad... You're exploring the side of yourself, Ryan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad. This is a this is a dark side to my to me. The true Ryan. <laughs> the, the Amish Ryan. The, the true true. Do we want to do we want to hop into general topics? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Corey, why don't you start us off? Uh, I actually do have one topic I could bring up. Is um, another podcast I've been listening to. The Adventure you? Zone is finishing a. Uh, <laughs> how dare I? How dare I? How dare are you, I? So Corey, are well you prepare and impromptu? Are you cheating topic. on us? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just something I've been really digging into recently. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, it's a. It's a, It's media. You can consume it. I think I can talk about it. All right, go on. Ryan's talking. Ryan's talking about a book. So I'm a. Uh, I'm really excited because the Adventure Zone is coming to an end on their most recent arc. And uh, they're kind of just getting into it. Uh, this, they recently did a uh, D&D, like, when they started the thing, they did a D&D game and they called it the Balance Arc, where it was this whole long chapters of campaigns where they did uh, this whole world. And after finishing that, they decided to do a couple, like, short form things and then start a whole new universe. It's completely disconnected, but um, this one's like t- takes place in the more modern day, and like uh, I think I'm trying to remember which state it takes place in. I think it's Vermont, uh, but it takes place in these mountains, and it's very sci-fi, very thriller. Uh, and they follow the uh, they don't follow the Dungeons and Dragons game. They follow a different uh, method called Monster of the Week, which is basically this kind of the story is this like Buffy style or this uh, supernatural style series where kind of like each episode they tackle a new monster and it got really good and I've really gotten into it and I'm very sad it's over but I'm I guess on the other end excited that they've got a new one coming that sounds pretty and cool it's really it's yeah. really interesting how like huge these like role-playing podcasts are now they've kind of just like blown up in the past couple of years you know what that means right uh yeah you so no, that's another, another bandwagon we gotta jump on <laughs> <laughs> Time to make some YouTube money. <laughs> I stole I everybody's idea. <laughs> I took everyone's idea. Everybody's idea and then made it my own. We repackaged it. Yeah, repackaged and sold it with it. a new name. And it worked. Yeah. And it worked real good. But yeah, the adventure zone is this one's called Amnesty. This arc that they're finishing up right now. And um they're just a bunch of really good comedians and a bunch of really good they're all brothers and their dad. It's three bros and their dad playing. And it's just, you know, it's a big fun time. You know, you kind of, like, play vicariously through them. Yeah. 
I love the Adventure Zone. It's it's a great podcast just to listen to when you're just driving, and just uh, want to oh, listen yeah. to some storytelling and some goofs and gaffes. Full goofs, and then periodic moments of like real emotion. Yeah, and it's oh, it's just so good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited for that. the new arc. I can't wait for them to do more stuff. Just they, I'm sure they have a lot of good ideas on the table. I have not yeah. been disappointed with listening to the uh, the Adventure Zone myself. Yeah, most of the time Griffin McElroy is the one that's DMing. When they do the like little one-offs or the little like short form episodes, um, either like Travis or Justin or their dad uh, Clint might uh, DM. But damn, Gr- Griffin's got like a really good way of like weaving a, weaving a story together. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but weaving a, a an impromptu kind of story together where there's like some of it structured, but a lot of it isn't because he's letting He's letting everyone kind of make their own decisions and make their own important story choices. It's yeah. just, I think as a writer, I think it's really, it's really impressive. And I kind of like, I kind of strive for that ability to like be able to tell a story like that. Absolutely. So I think that's all I have to say about Amnesty and the Adventure Zone. I've been meaning Podcasting's to, I cool. want to check out more of those like, uh, like the Dungeons and Dragons type podcasts. Because I know, like, you listen to those. My brother listens to, like, a lot of that kind of stuff. And it all seems really cool. It's just, like, yeah. they're all, like, hours long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I listen I to it when I'm Bitch working. Zone's pretty good. It's, like, less than an hour. It's usually around 40 minutes, Oh, okay, minutes. cool. That's actually, yeah, like, the... bite-sized, like, consumable. Yeah, it's very digestible. I yeah, like I, had, I, I feel like it was easy to listen to while I was at work and I just drove around mm. and stuff like that. I could throw on, like, an episode and I can get through an episode and, like pretty much half a shift i might have to check that out yeah yeah i actually started re-listening to the first arc they did because uh i wanted to get to my favorite arc which is called the crystal kingdom but um Mm. yeah it's like super you feel like you're flying through it they they do a good job of making them like short enough for you to listen to and not feel like you're wasting time or having to dedicate a whole chunk of the day to listening I also like that they've been taking the pot like that story and then making comic books out of them, because I mm-hmm. actually have the f- I have like the first two volumes that they made. I see the yeah, comics every comics. time I go to the comic book store. Oh yeah, I have the first it's... one. I still don't have the Rockport Express, which is their second volume. Yeah, I have the first two, and I, I love r- being able to read it and then put visuals to it. But he- although a lot of the visuals are all in your imagination, which is kind of the fun of it. And- it's like so weird because it's the first it's the first piece of media I've ever read. It's the first like comic I've ever read where I know exactly what the voices sound like, but the visuals <laughs> yeah. are a new experience. Right, right. It's it's wildly strange because you usually make up the voice in your head, but now after listening to this podcast for like however many years, I just know exactly what everyone sounds like. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'll let one of you two fight over who wants to be next. Well, I have, like, a lot of stuff. So do we want to do my stuff, or do we want to do Ryan, who looks like he just has, like, one thing on the docket? <laughs> well, I see Mitch is on the docket, too. But it's just... <laughs> it's, Mitch, it's, it's just me. Mitch he, 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 he. <laughs> He's a gremlin. He's a little gremlin. So it's probably more like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That sounds like Mitch, yeah. yeah. I spent too much time driving across the country with Mitch. I know exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> Uh, I guess Ryan. What are we doing? What are we doing? Ryan, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess that'll be me. 
Um, so I just, I read a book lately. Uh, I really wanted to read uh, Terry Pratchett because I read Good Omens uh, the that was adapted into the Netflix, uh, no, not Netflix, Amazon series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I, I really like Neil Gaiman as a writer and I thought he was really good. And then I read, uh, I saw that it was written by Terry Pratchett too. And I really mm-hmm. wanted to like, read Terry Pratchett because I heard a lot of good things about his books. Um, and I heard he's like the grandfather of like comedy, like fantasy. So right. I kind of wanted to read it. Uh, so I read the first book in like a huge series. He did. He wrote 39 books in the series. It's called the Discworld series. Um, oh, wow. and I read the very first book in the whole series, which is called the color of magic. And I had an absolute blast reading this. It's a very sh- like quick read. It didn't take very long to get through it, um, but it's probably one of the most imaginative, probably one of the most inventive, and extremely funny, like uh, adventures, like fantasy stories I've read. Um, and I don't know. I, it got me really into wanting to read more Terry Pratchett for sure. And I'm gonna read pretty much all of the the Discworld series now because I I'm absolutely hooked. I, I, I couldn't put this book down. So I had a lot of fun and it was like kind of cool that it was because I liked one author read the, read the book good omens and then was like, Hey, well, who's that author? And then read this guy's stuff. And now I'm like all about his books now. That's awesome. Have you, have you seen the show? Good omens. The color of magic. Is there a color of magic show? There is. I, it's, it's it probably stars, a BBC miniseries. If anything, I think it's, it might be Amazon. It stars Sean Austin. Uh, I did not know about this. Uh, if there is, well, I mean, it's got a pretty awesome cast. It's got Sean Austin, like Tim Curry, and Christopher Lee are both in it. I have to take a look. Yeah, like uh, Brian yeah, Cox tele- and Jeremy Irons. I see. There's a television film from like 2008. Oh, it might not be. Maybe it was when I was yeah, looking. It's, it's, it was it, there was a like TV it's available on Amazon. Yeah, no, there's a TV miniseries for the, uh, like, it was a television film of the adaptation of The Color of Magic. Mm -hmm. It was uh, probably through the BBC. Um, But, yeah, I I have not seen anything of that at all. I did not know that that was a thing. I don't know if that's the same thing. (laughs) Me neither until five minutes ago. I was like, (laughs) oh, oh, yeah, no, it is. It is, actually. Yeah, you're right. Terry Pratchett's The Color of Magic. There it is. It's a two-part television adaptation of The Color of Magic and Light Fantastic, which The Light Fantastic is the second book uh, that okay. continues The Color of Magic because those two are, like, pretty much conjoined part ones, part twos. So mm-hmm. I have to read the the next one. But, yeah, no, okay. Uh, I'll have to watch that then. I had no idea. Yeah, it came out in 2008. Jeez, okay. Yeah, I'll, I will have to watch that. You're welcome. Thank you for introducing <laughs> me to that. I Because I was actually just no, thinking, I'm me. like... This would be great if this was, like, adapted, because it, it, like, plays out really well that it could be easily, like, turned into something, but... Right. Cool. The one thing is, like, I was a little shocked. This book has a lot more violence in it than I expected. Oh, it sounds like a fun, cute book, but then... It, it like, uh-oh. there's, like, hard violence in it. Like, there's a scene in which, like, it's supposed to be played for, like, comedic effect of, like... You know, this character, he's, like, a useless wizard. He only knows one spell because he absorbed, like, this ultimate spell in his head and he can't learn any others and he got kicked out of university (laughs) and he goes he's going to like the whole story is about this wizard taking this naive uh tourist around this air around the this like fair you know this fantasy world and Mm -hmm. he's just like um 
and so this guy is like really kind of like naive he like throws around like gold all over the place and he overpays people and like people Uh, in the town are like thieves and he's like in a really dingy dirty town and so they're like uh you should really put that money in a way and he's got like a walking suitcase uh luggage case and stuff like that that follows along with him he has like a camera that has like a imp inside of it that draws the pictures and stuff like that for him. I like that. As, as it's like a camera, but it sounds like a lens and everything on it, so it's really uh, it's funny beautiful. how it like incorporates that. And it's like the most stereotypical, like, how he looks is exactly like the stereotypical tourist. He has like a Hawaiian-esque shirt on and like a hat and, and glasses and nice. stuff like that. And he just, he's so naive to everything, but he's always wowed by everything, even though everything is incredibly dangerous. So like, <laughs> There's this huge bar fight where, like, people are dying. Like, literally, a man gets a spear thrown through him. A guy chucks an axe and, like, uh, the wizard ducks and, like, stabs the dude behind him and kills him. Like, there's, like, mayhem and chaos. He runs into the room and then closes the door. And the guy's like, oh, are are we ready to go? He's like, we should really get out of here and go somewhere (laughs) else safer. And he's like, oh, is there a fight? I want to see this. Like, (laughs) and he just wants to take it all in. He's like, I want to see a legit bar fight. And he's like, uh. (laughs) And everybody's dying. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's really funny, but it's also extremely violent. So. It's and like death is like a real like character who like hangs around and stuff like that and talks and he's like you know you should really just kill yourself so then I can just you know take your soul that would be kind of great. <laughs> what a nice guy. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. No, I love this book. It's it's a lot. It's great. I love it. I had a lot of fun reading it. So now it's cool. Good. Another thing I need to check out. <laughs> yeah, How? and it's it's very. You said it was it's, like, it's a, a, like a quick book. read. Yeah, it's pretty pretty quick read. I mean, it was like. 200 pages or so okay and i and it's like fairly like it's fairly like big font so it's not like i got through it pretty easily (laughs) i had no issues um big thick font book yeah yeah. it's a nice uh nice pocket size book and again i got through it pretty quick i read it in like a like a night and i think in two days i read it so this is worth it damn i'll have to i'll have to pick it up after i finish the books that i'm already reading (laughs) yeah I'm currently reading nothing, so I think I could pick that up. (laughs) And it's been out since, like, the 80s, so it's, like, super cheap. You can find it probably really easily. Oh, hell yeah. I bought it. I bought it. (laughs) Yeah, I think I bought it for, like, $7, maybe. Like, $6. But I bought a physical copy. If you buy it on, like, digital, you could probably buy it for, like, about roughly the same. Maybe a little cheaper. It's, like, Audible free. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you get, you know, if you do, like, the trial, you can get it for free on Audible. So there you go. Oh, yeah, we are not sponsored by Audible, but we are not yeah. Audible. If you want to sponsor us, we'd be more than happy. Yeah, call me. Should I give them my so phone number? Our... Or... <laughs> yeah, just send out your yeah, actual just... phone number. <laughs> no, it's probably a bad idea. Not I'm thinking think about it. Idea. I'm gonna be honest. The most excited part about reading Discworld that I am for is like I'm really excited to read the book, uh, Mort. Which is about death Lord. getting a assistant. Yeah, it's about how death is like he's finally getting to a point where he needs uh, he gets he he needs some help. So he gets an assistant named Mort, who's just some <laughs> Joe Schmo guy who's like, "Hey, I'm new in the office. Tell me how to do my job." And he's like, "So he's death's assistant." And I really can't wait to read that. And then there's also <laughs> another book. So good. There's a Christmas book that he wrote uh, in the Discworld series that's actually part of the Death series, uh, where uh, it's called Hog's Father. Where essentially, instead of like Santa, they have the Hog's father, and death becomes Santa Claus. 
<laughs> it's so great. Oh my so god. So personally, I'm very excited to read these books. So I can't wait. Literary comedy is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's awesome. And they're just really good fantasy books too. They're just like straight up really fun fantasy books with like, you know, that right. that are intense and can have action and excitement, but also it, it, it can just have some levity to it where it's just like some dumb bullshit's going to happen and you're going to laugh at it. <laughs> so and I, I kind of liked it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's it for me, though. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm yawning. How dare you? I'm offended. Here we go. All right. I've it's got, okay. You could be offended. I've got a bunch of things, but I'm going to go pretty fast through them so I'm not wasting our time. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing a lot of video games. I just finished. So Zelda came out on the twentieth. Zelda: Link's mm -hmm. Awakening. So before Cute that, I wanted to game. finish. I wanted to finish Fire Emblem: The Three Houses, just because like I've been playing that game for a while, uh, mm -hmm. and I didn't want that on top of all the other games that are coming out. So I beat that. Fire Emblem: The Three Houses was really good. Um, I finished one of the three routes because there's three different houses, obviously. That you can choose, yeah. and you get a completely different story depending on which route you take. That's um, absolutely wild. And it's each, so much gameplay. It really is. And each one's like... It took me 50-something... I think if, between 50 and 60 hours to beat the one route. So then, like, there's three of them. And they're all completely different, and they all have a different cast of characters. And they're all, like, the same story, but they're all different sides of it, basically. So like okay. uh, you know you're there's a war going on and you get to pick which side of the war you're playing, and I picked uh, the golden deer. They're pretty cool. They're basically they felt like the most traditional. These are the good guys. Like the game ends with you <laughs> fighting like an evil king. Like <laughs> oh yeah. But you can also pick like one of them is you get to play as like the bad guys. Nice. Ooh. So it's got like those that kind of like you play as different sides of the same story, and I'm very excited to eventually do like new game plus and play through those versions but for now i'm taking a break so i can play zelda uh yeah, which enough. is very good so far it's a uh legend of zelda link's awakening uh it's a remake of the game boy game of the same mm -hmm. name uh which i played the game boy game when i was a little kid but i it's been so long that i i really barely remember it yeah. um but it's pretty cool getting to re-experience this game on the switch and in such a like absolutely gorgeous art style, <laughs> like oh, yeah, I, I've really been meaning to pick up this game, and you're kind of you're put you're helping push it. I I think you would, you especially I think would really love it because it definitely get like hardcore Corey vibes from it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's very cute. It's very artsy. It's I it's not indie, but it like it it kind of mirrors it. Yeah. Um. So that's that's been a lot of fun. I'm not super far into it i've only done like the first couple of dungeons mm -hmm. um i love i really love like the classic like top down style of zelda games so it's fun to you know be going back to that with a brand new well you know brand new game um yeah i'm really enjoying it it's cool seeing all of the uh like the really weird stuff in it because link's awakening is like known for being one of the weirder zelda games <laughs> Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. uh, like, a ton of Mario characters in it. Like, Mario enemies and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, in the main town, there's just a chain chomp. 
and you can like take it yes. for a walk and it just eats enemies or you go to like underground that's, sections that are filled with goombas and piranha plants and stuff that's kind of great i like that the perfect crossover game it's it's awesome and i'm excited to you know dig more into that uh because mm-hmm. i, I want to beat that well this, this isn't gonna happen but dragon quest 11 comes out on the 27th so i wanted to beat zelda before that came out <laughs> That's not going to happen because I have like four days and I'm not going to have the time to play Zelda. But who knows? Maybe I will. You just got to lock yourself up in your room and just play nothing but Zelda for the next uh, hundred hours. Oh, it's not that long of a game. It's a it's like it's a Game Boy game. So I think it's like probably less than 10 hours long. There you go. Um, And then also I've been playing River City Girls, which is really, really, really good. It's kind of funny. I So I've been waiting for this game to come out for like a long time. I was very excited mm-hmm. for it. Uh, it's the newest... It's a new game uh, by WayForward, who is like a fantastic developer. They made the... Uh, they made like all the Shantae games. They made the DuckTales remastered. Um, and River City Girls is the new game in the, like, the River City franchise. It's called... Um, Kunio-kun in Japan, like the the franchise, and there's like a billion more games that were never mm-hmm. released here. But uh, it's mm-hmm. River City Ransom for the Nintendo, uh, which is like, you know, super classic OG Nintendo game, where mm-hmm. you're playing as like these street punks and they have to like save their rescued girlfriend, their kidnapped girlfriends. Whereas in this oh, no. one, you play as the girlfriends, and you have to <laughs> rescue your kidnapped boyfriends. And oh, that's that's funny. awesome. It's like it's a beat like a side-scrolling like beat 'em up style game, um, mm-hmm. with like super pretty like uh, pixel art animations and everything, and it's got like fully animated cutscenes and everything's fully voiced, and it's got like a phenomenal soundtrack. Like I was just yeah, what I, I was listening to. That. I've just been, I've just been listening to it while I was working on uh, art, and it's just so good. It's like very synth poppy. It's got a bunch of songs yeah. with vocals. And when they they come on at like the perfect time while you're playing the game, and it's so good. Um, I gotta I gotta sit down and listen to that when you shared it in Discord. It's because uh, it sounds like my jam. I definitely recommend it. There's such a good soundtrack. And speaking of the soundtrack, so um, the other day in our group chat, I was complaining because <laughs> I was really excited for River City Girls, but it's it's launched at thirty dollars. Oh, which yeah. I wasn't sure if I wanted to spend thirty dollars on like a beat 'em up game when I just bought Zelda, and I'm just about about to get Dragon Quest. Um, and then through um, some trickery, I was able to get it for like basically free. Oh. Um, I I just paid tax on it because I took advantage of GameStop and their coupons and everything. Nice. Um, and I started playing it, and I was like, "Yes, I love this game." Uh, and I, <laughs> I pre-ordered the physical edition of the game uh, for more than thirty dollars because it comes with the soundtrack, like a physical CD. Oh shit! Because uh, I, I honestly like love the soundtrack for this game so much, and I really want to own a CD of it. But you can't just buy a CD. Yeah. But I'm okay with buying a physical cart. So, it's like a collector's thing, I guess. Uh, oh. But yeah. Very, very much love this game. Recommend it to anybody that is interested in video games. Hell yeah. What's next? Uh, I've, I read... So, I just read uh, a manga titled The Way of the House Husband, 
and it's one of the most like oh. perfect stupid comics I've ever read. I think I know this one. It's a a manga series published by uh, Viz in America, and the first volume just came out like this week. I had it. I've had it pre-ordered for a while, <laughs> and the, it's it doesn't really have like a story, but the idea is. It follows the uh, daily adventures of a former Yakuza, like a like a highly respected, like fearsome Yakuza member who retired and now he's a stay-at-home dad. Hell yeah. And it's just like nice. he's doing every day, like he's like sweeping and like has a Roomba and stuff, but he does it like really, really intense because he's in the Yakuza and everyone's like terrified mm-hmm. of him. <laughs> it, I've incredible. seen like... I've seen like snippets of this uh, art online, and I've read like a chapter here and there, mm. and I love it. It's, it's so like, funny. <laughs> like taking it, things way too seriously. That's exactly what it is. There were, it had like so many moments that just had me like laughing out loud because it was just it's so stupid, but in like the funniest way. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's really good. Um, I'm excited for the next volume to be printed so I can read that. Um, I've Hell also yeah. been reading... I'm continuing my journey into the Monogatari series. Uh, I'm reading mm-hmm. the... I think it's the ninth book. Uh, Kabuki Monogatari, which is Dandy Tale oh. in English. Kabuki. It's so stupid. I, lo- I love this series so much because it's so fucking stupid. This one... So this series is... It's like about the... It follows this boy. He's like a high school boy and he deals with like monster stuff and whatever Mm -hmm. um so he has this little like vampire girl where she's like they're like they have like a like a link or a bond or something she's like his sidekick she just has superpowers basically so she can do anything like reality warping and whatever and he this this volume takes place at the day before the summer ends and he realizes that he didn't do any of his summer homework so she's like, hey, you know, I can time travel. And he's like, you can time travel? And she's like, yeah, you want to go back to yesterday so we can do your homework? And he's like, all right, yeah, let's do that. And then they, they time travel, and it ends up, she fucks up, so now they're 10 years in the past, and they're stuck there. And that's just what this story is. <laughs> that sounds so ridiculous. It's like, they, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're, like, stuck 10 years into the past, um, because he didn't do any of his summer homework. <laughs> it's it's so stupid, and I love it. It's That's, like a God hilarious damn. series, and I'm not doing it justice by <laughs> describing it. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm sure it's really good. I mean, the Monogatari series, I know, is like really like not afraid to get weird and bizarre. And but that one, I did not even know that they did even a story about time travel, which I think that's pretty funny. That sounds actually extremely entertaining. Yeah, uh, I'm loving it. I am. Um, I already have like when I what I've been doing with this series is I read through the books fast enough that I've been like mm-hmm. buying the next book before I finish the current one. So I have them like mm. queued up on my shelf. Hell yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, yeah, love this series. Recommend it to anybody that likes stupid books. How deep are you into it now? Because I know this is the ninth book. When we talked. To- Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're making headway now. There are 29 books in the series, I believe, most of which aren't actually published in English yet. I think there's like maybe uh, 18 or 20 of them available here. Uh, uh, so okay. I'm I'm making my way through it. Eventually, uh, I'll catch up awesome. and I'll be sad because I'll have to wait. But 
That's fine. You and me both have <laughs> a series that's going to take a long time to read. Good times <laughs> mega series. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, all right, now I get to the movie stuff. Uh, I watched Promare, which was amazing. Uh, it just came out here uh, on the 17th is when I saw it. It's the newest mm-hmm. project by from Studio Trigger and from mm-hmm. the team... I don't remember his name. Uh, the director and writer and character designer and etc. Like that whole team that did like Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill, those kind of projects. Um, mm-hmm. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Imaishi is the director and Nakashima is the screenplay writer. Um, but Promare, it's this new film. Uh, it's basically the best way to sub up this this movie is that it's like 100% style over substance like this movie Mm -hmm. does not give a shit about its story the story is a vehicle for incredible animation it looks so good it's gorgeous like I think this is the best looking like anime I've seen in like so long and it it blends 2D and, and CG animation like really really well where you honestly most of the time can't even tell uh, mm-hmm. That's cool. And it's got this really cool, like, everything's geometric. Like, it, it's the one of the main parts of the film is, like, the uh, it's about flames. But the flames yeah. are all, like, purple and neon blue and, like, triangular, and they huh. don't move naturally. Like, everything is geometric. Even, like, the uh, lens flares are squares. Like, <laughs> it's, oh, nice. it's so cool looking. Um, but, yeah, it's it was a gorgeous film. I recommend going to see it. It's wild. Uh, they do some really crazy stuff in it. There's <laughs> my. Do you guys? Are you guys gonna go see this movie, or can I say like a spoiler? I plan on seeing the movie, but I, I hardly ever care about spoilers, so you're free to go. I'm the same way, so okay. you can do whatever you want. Let me give you an example of how little this movie cares about its story. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this they're very like tongue in cheek and very self aware about it. Um, yeah. Like there's literally there's a part like towards the end of the movie where they they the main two main characters they like lose a fight to the main villain and they get like mm. shot across the sky and like land in this lake of like frozen ice and then it like evaporates and everything and underneath yeah. the lake they find like a giant uh, facility. And they go inside mm-hmm. the facility, and there's, like, a robot of this professor guy who he's been waiting there for 40 years for someone to show up. And he creates, <laughs> like, a machine that can defeat the uh, the flame guy, the, like, the villain. Yeah. Uh, and it's, like, they didn't set any of this up at any point in the film. <laughs> and the, the machine, it's a giant mecha, and it's literally named the Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> like, Christ. <laughs> And they, they're like, you've just been waiting here all this time? He's like, yeah. He's like, then how, how'd you know we were going to come? He's like, well, I didn't. I've just been waiting. And they're like, so what if no one ever came? And he's like, I just, I guess the world would have probably died then. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they, it's, God damn. they're very tongue in cheek and very just, they know what they're doing. And it's, it's hilarious and it's fun. It's just a blast. It sounds akin to like Fast and Furious, like yeah. how you're describing Hobbs and Shaw was like fighting at midday and then they fall off a cliff and it's night and then it's raining and exactly night just because it's, it's cool it's their it's just a roller coaster ride of a movie like 
<laughs> it's it's very much worth watching if you like, you know, anything just beautiful animation and just like mm-hmm. wild action and just mm. fun. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about this quickly because I didn't like it, was It Chapter Two. Uh, not a good movie. Yeah. I heard it wasn't that good. It was I was a little disappointed. It was. To hear that. It was a. It was a three-hour-long movie, that did not need to be three hours long. There's That's like bad. literally an entire middle. The entire middle hour of the movie was uh, flashback scenes, <laughs> oh. where they're like, yeah. "All right, guys, now we all have to go find." Uh, our our tokens of power so we can defeat Pennywise and they all split up separately and go on their own 20 minute adventure where they have a flashback scene and they're like oh, remember geez. the last movie where they were kids remember how you liked yeah. that and that's, yeah. just, that's like an entire hour of the movie that did not need to be Ugh. there and it literally yeah, doesn't it pays it does not pay off at the end of the film like there's no that's reason for that to have happened I heard that there's a moment in which it does like a lot of flashbacks where it shows what happened after they had split apart, yeah. and I was and somebody was like, "Why was this even here? That didn't even need to be in the movie." One hundred percent. And I was like, "That's I mean, because I remember they were building this up, saying, oh, this is a big three-hour movie, and it was gonna be like all this stuff.' But then they just I, I hate that they're constantly." having to go back yeah, to the like kids stuff when it's like we already told that story that part is done tell us the stuff that's going on with the adults and the the modern day versions of them why are we going backwards to it i mean i guess to reference it but it, but it it's not needed yeah it was I don't know. the movie I'm still was gonna like see it, mostly but... filler like honestly it was yeah. i did not like it that sounds very disappointing. I'm still going to go see It Chapter 2 anyways, but I'm going in with m- lowered expectations because I heard a lot of people say it wasn't as good as <laughs> the first one. Ryan, you could bring one of your books and read it while the movie's going on. <laughs> you on- you <laughs> honestly, you can take an hour-long break in the middle of a movie and not miss a thing. I, I probably couldn't be reading It while watching It <laughs> and get more out of it. Yeah. Right. But yeah, no, so I don't know. I am now done That's with my uh, deluge of stupid things to talk about. Cool. Uh, That's, it for, yeah. That's it for general topics. That's it for the episode. We would go We're done now. It, it's a commercial break. <laughs> Ryan, take it away. Uh, but right after these messages, we're going to deep dive into my butt. Bye. You Woo. can't just like... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I did the whole commercial break thing. And then, <laughs> and then you did... Oh, We're gonna wait, go to commercial. It's <laughs> supposed to be oh, the commercial, I Ryan. Oh, yeah. I am the commercial. Well, here. No, uh, the commercial uh, was right after this commercial break. So, <laughs> um, okay. So the commercial break is. Uh, don't forget, uh, Tampax is your best friend. Yep. <laughs> you, you got something going on in the nether regions? Tampax it. I really even hope. If it, even if it's hemorrhoids, Tampax it. I really it. hope if we get sponsored. <laughs> It's like a tampon company wants us to sponsor them. I feel like that's on brand for Obey. Let's have let's have three white men sponsor tampons. Maybe KY Jelly. I don't know. I mean, that one I can see. That one's a little bit more realistic, but I guess no Vagisil. Sorry, we we, we could do Vagisil actually. <laughs> I use. Could you imagine just like I use KY Jelly so much because I'm so alone. So here we are sponsoring it. <laughs> 
I don't know what we would have d- done to get that sponsorship, but I don't want to know. I'm gonna send an email to KY Jelly today. <laughs> so we'll Just see. Like, by please next. sponsor us. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Okay. Right, so well, our main topic this week was a deep dive into Netflix original series. Woo. And I think that's pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty cool thing. There was like I tr- so I tried to find out how many Netflix originals there are. And freaking no website gives me a number. The best thing I could find is Wikipedia lists out all of the like a whole like list of Netflix originals. Yeah, so great. Uh, I gave up because <laughs> I thought this is stupid. But it's close to a thousand. Oh, that's insane. And, and that includes um, that includes original television shows, uh, original movies, original documentaries because those are different, uh, original uh, uh, spinoffs and continuations, which is like. Fuller House would be like a continuation, mm. uh, and original Children and Family. Um, so it's close to a thousand. I think it's somewhere over seven hundred. Jeez. So it's a lot. Netflix, Netflix has been pumping these out, and it's oh yeah, it's like thousands and thousands of hours of content. That's like you could be watching Netflix for months. I think almost a year and still not be able to get through all of these stuff that there is. And it's like... So, yeah. There's honestly so much good stuff. I mean, I, I feel like probably like 80% of their output isn't good, and that's why we don't know about it. It's just, like, under <laughs> the surface. But yeah. there really is, honestly. like, they, they, they do put out so many good shows and movies and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't I worry. I definitely am always blown away by how talented, like, the creators are and, the, the like, the variety of shows they give. Like, I... I, I really love Netflix originals. Netflix has a lot of good originals, but don't you worry. I found some bad Netflix originals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, me boy. too. So I'm going to talk a little bit I, about one of them. I saw it out. So my thing was documentaries is what I focused on. Uh, Ryan, and Ryan, what did you focus on? I just did mostly like TV shows I was watching. Just okay. shows that I personally have been watching or wanting to get into. So, mm-hmm. um, so nothing really particular. Yeah. What about you, Harry? I want to talk about The Naked Director, which is a Netflix series that I watched recently that I really, really loved. Okay. I think that's a good place to start, because that's the only thing you're going to be talking about, right? Yes. This We're, we're flip-flopping where I'm, I've only got one thing for this, yeah. <laughs> this bit. Um, okay. So, The Naked Director, it's a Netflix original series, and it's eight episodes long. Uh, okay. Each episode's like about an hour long, but it's basically it's set in the 80s and uh, 80s Japan, and it's based on the real life story of a uh, the famous Japanese porn director Toru uh, Muranishi, uh, mm-hmm. who he's known in Japan as the emperor of porn because <laughs> he like basically pioneered the modern like porn industry. In that in the uh, country, because like mm-hmm. they're they're a lot stricter over there about like pornography than they are like here, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. in the eighties they weren't allowed to film actual porn, like everything was faked, um, mm-hmm. like uh, they they were like had like prosthetic 
like penises <laughs> and like <laughs> they had like taped up like the genitals and stuff like to cover everything like it was heavily heavily censored and mm -hmm. um, you know even just distributing it you would be or, or filming or anything you, like it's a jail sentence like you're going you're gonna jeep going to jail but this guy so yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the series he's uh, a very unsuccessful encyclopedia salesman <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's, uh, you know, he's like real shit, but he realizes he, he like mentor mentees this like higher up, uh, guy. And he like learns how to become a salesman. Uh, mm -hmm. and then eventually he kind of learns that there's a lot more money in selling like porn magazines instead of like selling encyclopedias and whatever. Right. So he like becomes friends with this guy, Toshi. Who's like a kind of like a like a skeevy, like he like he records, he audio records people in uh, like love motels, and he's like in the next door room, and he's just like has a thing up to the wall, and he's recording it, and he sells them. Oh God! Uh, and like they start selling like porn magazines, they open up their own like bookstores and stuff. Uh, and it's like how so this one guy is like good at the underground stuff and the other guy is really good at being like a salesman and like actually running a company and mm -hmm. they uh they kind of start getting into some shit where uh you know they start getting into uh criminal criminal stuff they go to jail a couple of times they they uh start working with the yakuza it gets very intense <laughs> it's like it's also like really funny but it's like it's basically think like Breaking Bad, but except it's about porn instead of about drugs. <laughs> like it's it's really really it's a really good drama. I'm the yeah. one who cocks. That like that's it's so good. It's so stupid, but in the best way. It's uh and it is it is like a serious drama. Like this is about something that actually happened in the eighties, and it's it's really cool seeing how they, you know, how he basically this small group of people like revolutionized the porn industry <laughs> it's like it's like boogie nights but f for japan yeah. it's it, no it's exactly Although, what it is yeah <laughs> amazing it's i love that that's great boogie nights it's really it's really cool because it's about them like kind of like d uh what's the word like d tabooing <laughs> like decriminalizing no like like it's mm. like sex was a taboo like any, oh, any yeah, sort yeah, of any yeah. like sexuality, anything, and it's about oh, like yeah. these people that are kind mm -hmm. of like embracing it, I guess, and like yeah, making it normal to for people to be sexual in a very cloistered like mm -hmm. culture. It's very cool. Yeah, I love it a lot. Mm. And I know, I mean, even still, I mean, J Japanese uh, pornography. I mean, they still censor. Uh, genitals and penetration and stuff mm. like that, but I think it's more for a fetish reason or something like that. From what I can, get, from what I was told, oh, I don't it's, know. Ta it's tasteful now. Yeah, because now it's it like they mostly do it just because people. I guess the people of Japan have said that like censoring of that stuff is like mostly just for putting it to the user's imagination instead of just showing it. Mm. So it kind of makes it a little more like exciting to watch. That's I guess, like apparently. that's a big thing in like this series. Is that he? Oh, he's okay. the person that like pioneered that because he had he had to like oh, come okay. up with like workarounds because he would go to jail if he filmed straight up porn. So it was yeah. like mm. semi censored, but he would like. There's like one bit where 
they're filming porn and he has the woman uh she has like a whistle like a like a uh like a, like a shitty like kazoo <laughs> yeah <laughs> where um he has her like blow on the kazoo at certain points in order to like convey how excited she is or something and it becomes like this bestseller like <laughs> crazy uh like sells out she becomes a celebrity like <laughs> what that it's really cool because he's in- it's it's about like he's a salesman and he has to come he's coming up with these ways yeah. to get yeah. around all of this these regulations that's that actually sounds really good. How many is it's, it? Like a, you said, it's a series. Yeah, it's right? eight episodes. There's only one season. It came out over the summer, like this summer, and it's been it's already oh, okay. been renewed for a second season, like a week after it came out. Awesome. I, I might I might actually check that out. That sounds really awesome. That sounds really interesting, actually. It's it's From so the cool. Trailer. It looks really good too. So. Oh yeah, it's it's like a I like a genuinely really well crafted television show. And, uh, cool. yeah, I, I recommend it to anyone who cool. likes, uh, porn. <laughs> it's very insightful. <laughs> Harry approved. <laughs> Kid tested, oh my God, mother so- approved. <laughs> I don't want to know. Mom. I don't want to go any, any further into that. I don't want to know what that means. <laughs> my, my, to my mother, who potentially could be listening to this episode, I'm going to watch The Naked Director, but it's not because your son's addicted to pornography. <laughs> Mom, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> Just Mom, don't, don't do it. Don't listen to any episode. This, is, this, this has been Mom tested and Mom approved. <laughs> I'm going to cut that bit into the very beginning of this episode. War- warning, this episode is not Mom tested or Mother approved. Yes. There you go. That's it. That's uh, the naked the- director. That sounds good. I actually think that sounds great. I, I really want to see it now. I want to check it out for sure. It's honestly, I think it's like the best TV show that I've watched this year. Like it's my, my number cool. one. Oh, wow. Of like. Nice. Regular TV shows. Although I guess it's mm. not a regular TV show because it's like a streaming TV show, but it's still my mm-hmm. number one. It's my favorite. Cool. That's all that, that's what, that's what matters. Yeah. In, in my heart, I have Your love. heart of hearts. And the real TV was the friends we made along the way. So anyway, yes. uh, Corey or Ryan? <laughs> I think I'll take it. Um, Go ahead, Corey. I watched several documentaries. And it's funny, too, because going through the list of things, I was like, oh, well, turns out this documentary I watched last year, or this documentary I watched early this year, already was like a Netflix special. So it's funny just how many things I've already seen that are already Netflix specials. There's just so many of them. Mm. So I decided to... Like, I watched a lot of food stuff, like um, Fat, Salt, Acid, Heat, and uh, another one called um, uh, Rotten, which was both about, like, the food industry. Rotten was about specifically um, issues in the food industry and the way people are manipulating it and not ruining it, but, like, kind of cheating the system, you know, like making honey that's not really honey. It's just, like, sugar water. Or um, there's an episode on garlic and how, like, the Chinese or the Russian government wants to regulate garlic or make a specific branch of garlic and sell it. But, you know, there's money involved with food always. And it always usually came down to there was some issue with money. So it's just interesting how, like, farmers and they all have to deal with it. And I, I really thought I got into learning uh, a little bit about like sound design and mo- uh, sound design and documentaries and how like actually important those are, 
but like yeah i was noticing as i was watching some of the stuff and rewatching like um rotten like how much foldy how much like sound work there is in uh that wasn't recorded like i there would be scenes of people at a food market and uh they'd be, they'd be adding sounds of like people manipulating and working with food but they definitely could have couldn't have captured that sound because they were like you know 50 feet away or something like that so it's pretty interesting like how documentaries um, it's not like they're lying but they're like crafting it to make it a more cohesive and more uh, immersive story and it was like super cool I just I love food documentaries I highly (laughs) suggest like fat salt acid heat that's a ton of fun that is such a feel good documentary on how simple cooking can be and the host is like so into it and she's so excited about food and you just feel excited about food I'm always and that documentary by the way was based off a book I never know you I never knew you could do that with a documentary like it's based off a book <laughs> a, so. a documentary that's like an adaptation of a book <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was like super cool I highly suggest uh, fat salt acid heat that was just a lot of fun um, and then I decided well if I'm watching some great Netflix originals I have to watch the worst of the worst. Right? <laughs> oh so I looked up what the worst Netflix documentaries were. And it happens that in that list are like two Netflix originals. So I thought, well, if this is the worst of all of them, this must be the worst of the originals. Um, and it, I tell you, man, one I watched, one I watched was Sacrifice. And uh, another one I watched was The Rachel Effect, which was the documentary about Rachel Dolezal, who pretended she was black and then uh it turns out that she was actually born from white parents and that she's just kind of like uh looking like she's in the black community and that one understand that one was pretty uh that one got like one star because it sided with rachel and it was very like oh she's she's actually a struggling mom and she's like oh look at her family look how sad everyone is because they're being uh taken advantage of all the time and it, like, wasn't a factual documentary at all. It was just like, oh, look how sad Rachel is. Also, she's writing a book. Like, halfway through the movie, she's like, I'm writing a book now. And I thought, like, well, why isn't the movie about her writing a book? Why is it just, like, halfway through, she's like, I'm going to write a book. It's really bad. She also so only ever sold 576 copies of that book. <laughs> so. so would you say that that documentary is really unfocused on, oh, like, what it's trying to be? It's very unfocused. It's very unfocused. It kind of hops and skips around. Like, halfway through, it becomes meta. They're like, (laughs) we're trusting you with this documentary as they're talking to the interviewer, who I can only assume is also the director. And it's just very one-sided. The movie, like, tries to seem like it's not, but, I mean, the documentary doesn't do a good change of it. Or it doesn't Mm. doesn't do a good job of it. So. Also, oh no, freaking, they used my favorite musician in this movie. And it made me very upset. Who was that? <laughs> that this the singer Aurora. She's one of my favorite uh, just singers, songwriters. And um, she was like, her music was at the very end of the movie. I was like, no, Aurora, <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? So that one's Big sad. Although I will give the Rachel problem one great credit is that the title of the movie is amazing. Because um, it's, I was thinking like, why is it the Rachel problem? Does it have to do with like, racial problems and then I my brain exploded because I realized <laughs> the double entendre almost triple entendre whatever they were going for so they did it. so I give them props to that that's an amazing name for a movie 
Good job. Good job on them. You did something right. Um, but an arguably worse documentary I watched was called Sacrifice. And oh boy. <laughs> oh my god, it's Sacrifice. It's literally um, it, I, it, it is social experiment, the movie, is what it is. It's, oh god. <laughs> it was. I, so, <laughs> I have such a visceral reaction to social experiment. <laughs> I feel fuck. Uh, is it like that's the. exactly like, what I felt. Is it like the. Uh, like, it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> like that kind of social experiment thing? No, but it falls the same, like, category <sighs> of, like, it sounds like it's scientific, but then when you watch it, you find out it, there's, no, there's nothing social or scientific about this at all. It's just someone wanting to look cool. Nice. It's a. It's a stage stage magician who says, and this this movie do, this documentary doesn't have a thesis statement. You know, like most good documentaries, are like here's the goal, here's what we're trying to find out, here's the story we're telling. His yeah. goal, his goal, he said his goal was to make a person jump in front of a bullet for a random stranger. That was his goal. I'm gonna get someone to jump in front of a bullet for a stranger. Oh my god. Okay. Well, no. The actual movie was about. Um, the actual movie was about making a racist guy not racist anymore. Because that's the whole thing. It. That's all. That's it. And um, oh man, from the get go, everything's staged. It's like, ugh. You know, bad acting and. Yeah. Everything's staged. It's just. They did the whole. Here's the. Here's the. Um, a video diary of our of our uh, test subject and the, the guy's like whoa today was crazy man he told me that I, if I really believed I didn't feel pain in my hand I won't and he stabbed my hand and I didn't feel pain this actually happened in the documentary I'm not making that up <laughs> <laughs> um, they, have, they, give, they said we're going to plant a chip in your neck so they do and it's just so janky they pretend to do it so that the test subject feels like I don't know. It's like real. They do it in like a conference room on like a conference table. They're like, we got a doctor in here right now. He's going to put this needle in your neck just here in the middle of this office building. I, I, I just can't believe it. And the worst, the worst thing in this whole movie is they give him, they give him these things he can do so that he can make himself like not be afraid and not feel pain and it's he makes a fist and then he hits himself in the head three times <laughs> oh my god and they paint it like in scenes where he's like I'm gonna play you this tone that we've conditioned you to hear and he plays it and then it's like as if the guy didn't hear it he just lifts his hands nonchalantly hits himself in the head it, it doesn't even realize he's doing it Oh no, it's, he hates Mexicans. And then in one scene in the movie, in one scene of the documentary, they're like, oh, by the way, you're 0.9% Mexican. And he's like, whoa, dude. He's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm Mexican. I hate them. And then in the next scene, they're like, we're going to have you stare at this Mexican for five minutes just as an oh empathetic test. And then the test subject starts crying. He's like, I'm Mexican. I'm like, I'm one of them. <laughs> and then he's like, can "Oh I, my god, can I, can I give you a hug, man?" And then they bro and hug it out. Why does this sound so disingenuous <sighs> and awful? It's terribly disingenuous. Because oh, yeah, it it's is terribly awful. Don't suggest it. I do suggest Fire. That's a great documentary. Oh, about the fire festival. The fire festival is really good. Oh fuck yeah, dude! But that one I, is such a good one. I'm gonna skip over that because I talked way too much about sacrifice. <laughs> I want to talk about. My favorite documentary, one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen, uh, Wild Wild Country. That is 
a fantastic documentary about a cult of people in Oregon uh, and how I've never heard of this cult is beyond me. I there's so much stuff going on. Um, if you want the if you want the um, if you want the trimmed down version, just watch uh, Bill Hader's documentary now episode on the cult, and it's basically the same thing. Mm. But this is a six episode each, like so six hours long, and this is like a six episode series on how this cult from India came to Oregon, bought like I can't I can't tell you how many acres of land, but bought like a county sized uh, plot of land built like a city and then basically tried to start taking over the state and just all of the wild things that were going on with these group of people it was people that believed in free love so there was this like kind of just the town was backlashing because they didn't like the fact that people were just randomly having sex everywhere and uh, they were loud and they just didn't get it so most of it is like oh well you know these people are just kind of like enjoying life and it's like oh the the people in the town are like stuck in their old ways but at the same time you're like well they are trying to commit murder and there's like things getting kind of just undermined and things in this town are just kind of escalating and they give you a good idea of what it's like um to think you're a part of this nice cult but to be like brainwashed not know it like the story kind of beat by beat tells you what happens to this town of people and it's like Mm -hmm. no one's the good guy and no one's really the bad guy either it was just this wildly fantastic documentary that just went into how crazy a cult can be i can't explain how great it was it was like one of my favorite documentaries i've watched i I definitely want to check that out that sounds really cool it's so if you like cults and like learning about how crazy people can get it's like oh it was wild and it's so surprised they have so there's so much footage for everything they have footage of literally everything it's like mm-hmm. steve-o has footage of every second of his life there's like every second of like this journey is documented because it mm-hmm. was like a four-year long battle from like the get-go to like people finally getting arrested and this this whole cult being shut down uh and this was like in the 80s, the 70, late 70s and 80s. I could not believe it. Mm. And the other thing is the, the leader, Osho, uh, is this Indian man. I couldn't, I've heard his voice. I've seen his talks recorded like, you know, old wise man gives advice on life. And I'm like, oh, well, I recognize this guy. And it turns out he's this big wild leader who has like, who has like seven, he was like two jets and like <laughs> freaking like a hundred Rolls Royces and he's just like this rich ass billion dollar man <laughs> who's like hell? proclaims to be the spiritual leader and that doesn't proclaim to be the spiritual leader and then takes a vow of silence and then doesn't and then oh it's wild it's full of deceit it's full of deception I love it that's enough I've talked uh, a lot I've talked a lot so that sounds awesome I mean I'm adding that to my uh, Netflix queue for sure <laughs> man uh, you're right wild, now wild country I already did actually. Really? I'm not even kidding. I did. Also, the Naked Director I did as well. I added that to my hell yeah uh, to my list. I have Netflix open, <laughs> but not like watching anything. Just to like look. There you go. Oh, and Wild Wild so. Country also has great sound design and music. Like, God, so immersive. It looks beautiful. Definitely one of the reasons why it's one of the best documentaries on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, just go see cool. it and check it out. Enjoy it, Ryan. I'll let you finish this off. 
All right. Uh, I watched. I, I'm going to talk about three different shows, uh, all varying in quality. So, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, something. I'm going to start off with Mindhunter, um, because this one I've seen more recently. This one uh, I've been watching throughout the week, uh, mm-hmm. and how I decided to watch Mindhunter was uh, I was at the bookstore, and I actually saw the Mindhunter novel, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know the show was a novel. So I opened it up and I kind of started reading a little bit of it. And I was like, this is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But I didn't buy the book. I just decided to put it back. But I was like, maybe I'll check it out because it was really fascinating. So I was like, maybe I should really check out the series. And then I, when I was watching it, I had no idea. But my favorite director, uh, David Fincher, directs the show. He's oh, pretty much. Yes. He like makes the show. Um, if you don't know who David Fincher is, he makes like he made the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo U.S. remake. He made uh, Gone Girl, Fight Club, yeah, uh, things like that. So like, he really did the great first, director. Like three or four episodes of House of Cards. Yeah, and you so can, like, it's, it's, his stuff looks really good. Yeah, it, this show looks amazing. Um, and how this show became what it is is that Charlie Theron gave, uh. David Fincher, Mindhunter, the book, and he read the book, and Charlie mm-hmm. Theron and him are executive producers of the show. So I didn't know that either until I was like looking through and researching about the show. Um, and it's based on like uh, the stories are pretty much from the FBI. Um, this guy was ex FBI, he worked there for a while. He worked in the behavioral science unit where uh, he pretty much studies the human mind and psych- psychology of, of people. And mm-hmm. so uh, him and another FBI agent and the behavioral uh, department would go around to local police departments to teach people about hostage negotiations and FBI t- uh, tactics to local police officers. But while they were out there, there were a couple of officers that would be like, hey, we just had this big homicide. Can you please help us out with the case? And so it hel- they kind of help uh, figure out and solve these cases and things like that and assist the local police. But also they go to uh, jails and they record conversations with serial killers and try to figure out what makes them tick, what makes them crazy, and what you know is it ba- based on like bad upbringing? Is it based on like you know like fetishistic stuff? Like what is it that makes people want to commit such horrible atrocities? And it's really, really, really interesting. It's more played on the psychological than it really is on, like, the gruesome and visceral. But there is stuff in here that can get really grotesque. Um, yeah. But it's but it, it talks more about it than it really does anything else. Um, but I personally really love this show. I think it's well-directed, well-acted, and well-put-together. And it's really slow and methodical, but it's it's, like... I don't know, it's just really fascinating. I just love psychology, and I love psychological stuff, and, you know, I'm, I'm really invested in this. Uh, I've watched all of season one, so I can't wait to see season two, um, but it's, it's really incredible. And also, again, my favorite director, David Fincher, hitting this up, so it's a little bit of a, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the word for it, bias, I guess, towards the show. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty that much sound, it for that me. That does sound awesome, though. I've yeah, never no, absolutely. I've, it sounds familiar to me, but I've I've never watched like this show, and I don't. Is it like a, is it popular? Is it older? Uh, no, it's it's like it's pretty well. It's pretty popular. Uh, it's 
fairly newish. It came out like 2017, I think. Was okay, when so it it's like there. a couple of years old, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like because it, it definitely sounds familiar to me. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, again, it's like just about understanding what makes a serial killer a serial killer, and like you know why do people do what they do and uh, yeah. things like that. And it's just it's. I really love that kind of stuff, and I really like watching like unsolved mysteries and like I like shit like that. Like I like my murder mystery kind of stuff. So oh hell yeah. Um, and I watch like ID ID detective stuff all the time. Like I don't know why. I just really do enjoy like learning this kind of stuff. Um, so the show does a really really good job at like getting you really immersed in that kind of mindset in that world and just kind of like what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's I I find it extraordinarily fascinating. So I highly recommend it. It's a awesome show. Really really awesome awesome show with some really great performances too. Mm. Nice, hell yeah! Um, and then a little more lighthearted. That one's a little more darker and stuff. <laughs> so if you're not feeling like the dark and kind of like, oh, this is this is kind of like sad to watch, you know, uh, yeah. there's this great show which, uh, based on you know, Corey, you talked a lot about cooking documentaries. Yes. Well, I got a cooking documentary technically. Uh, it's called The Chef Edible. Show. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hannibal Lecter has a has a show called The Chef Show where he makes some also, fava beans and you know yeah, how to. Yeah. I how also to, don't think that's a Netflix original, so it's like a stretch of a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, you tried. Um, do you, do you guys do you guys know John Favreau? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, okay. Yeah. No. Um. Wow. <laughs> who, who's John Favreau? Um. I feel like he's well, a chef, maybe. No. No, he is not. He is a director. Okay. He's a film director. Okay, okay. He made he made the first Iron Man movie. And he's in every Iron uh, Man movie. The Jungle movie. Book. He yeah. plays he Happy plays Hogan. Happy. He was in the Spider-Man movies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he made a movie called Chef uh, a couple of years back. And oh, I love that movie, yes. by the way. Hard push. Love the movie Chef. Watch it. It's great. Um, and so now he's made a Netflix documentary series called The Chef Show, where it's him and the catering crew, from, uh, the guy that does like the catering for the movie Chef, and was also in the movie Chef, uh, make food with like stars so like you know Seth Rogen's in episode one of season two they have Charlie Theron in another episode they've got mm-hmm. um, Gwyneth Paltrow in another they've got pretty much uh, Tom Holland and uh, Robert Downey Jr. in a couple so and uh, Binging with Babish is in another episode which I thought wow. was really cool so if you liked Binging with Babish there he's in he's in an episode um, and it's really great it's just like a really fun digestible 25 minute show it's like 20 minutes an episode oh, you can get bad. through it pretty quickly there's like six episodes in the first season the season two just dropped like at the beginning of this month so i got through it all i loved it it's like it's very fun it just they just talk about food and it makes you hungry and it just gives you ideas of how to cook and i just like watching people cook it's just mm-hmm. like my favorite thing to do it's and it's very nice i don't know why it's like cathartic watching people cook it is. I don't know. I feel it's like I'm like, learning, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they teach you about cooking. They show you recipes, and they tell you what's in it and stuff like that and whatever. But, you know, I mm. think it's like there's something about it that not only is it just like it, it just it's so satisfying just to see the finished product. Yeah. And like the work and the preparation that's put into making it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I love it. And I like that in between segments of them filming stuff. 
they will uh, they have like this like animation like stop motion animation of like a food truck and stuff like that and like uh, showing off the food they have like this really cool dissection of the food where it flies up in the air and it splits off into pieces and it sh- oh, tells you all the ingredients it's really cool and I love how they present it and it's a very funny show you know they it's very laid back. It's not like a typical, this is how to cook this said meal kind of show. It's like just them powwowing it out, talking about, you know, movies and like their career and talking about the movie chef or, you know, talking about food and what why they love food and what, you know, what are some of their favorite foods and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's kind of like really interviewing, you know, different celebrities and stuff like that while they cook. Yeah. So I, I love it for that reason. I love the aesthetic and I just love you know John Favreau. He's like he's like a really cool uncle. That like, <laughs> like that's you good, know you go to that's his a good description of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like the cool uncle. You go to his barbecue, like you go out to the family barbecue, and yeah. he makes the bomb ass food. Yeah, Ryan, you like <laughs> Ryan, you like cheeseburgers? I do. I love cheeseburgers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy you a lot of cheeseburgers. Oh, thank you. And so is John I Favreau. John Favreau, dude. Some of the food they make on that show, I got really fucking hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I want that in my mouth right now. Let me eat that. I wanted to grab sh- right off the screen and just take it. Just grab that would have been one of those moments. body and just take a bite. <laughs> oh, I would take a bite. Take a big bite out of that boy. Ooh. Maybe I'll learn a little bit about myself. <laughs> and it's all in L.A., Corey. So you can maybe visit him in L.A. and see if he can cook for yeah, you. Corey, he can be your personal chef dad. Yeah. Do you want he can be your assist- chef dad? Do you want an assistant and put quotes around assistant? <laughs> <laughs> do you want a personal ass instant and i just put, a, I put more quotations around just the word ass in a system ass <laughs> the ass is fat my mind yeah and fat is what makes me but, delicious <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's a very fluffy show something very nice so if you're looking for something more pleasant you know yeah, if you're looking for a fluffer just, yeah you want something, but you want something aesthetic, and you're like, "Oh, I love food, and you like cooking." This show is way for you. I love this show <laughs> so much. I I like fell into the show hole of just watching it. Uh, I would have said now at this point, if we were still back on, uh, like Harry hadn't gone yet, I would have said, "Speaking of fluffing," and then probably <laughs> turned it over oh, to yeah. the naked director. But anyways, uh, I was actually yeah, gonna segue. That, I was gonna say, "Speaking of pleasant experiences." Brian, why don't you tell us about your next your next show? <laughs> um, yeah. it's this is not a pleasant experience. This is probably the worst one out of the bunch. Uh, and I watched the first two seasons of Thirteen Reasons Why, um, mostly because I was thinking about doing an episode on Thirteen Reasons Why for my YouTube channel. <laughs> with have you read that movie? Because I'm gonna read the book. Shameless but, plug. <laughs> yeah, shameless plug to my YouTube channel. I want to talk about my YouTube channel Wait. too, Corey View. It's just there. Ryan, if you're going to plug your YouTube, you should do it properly. You didn't even say the name of the channel. <laughs> uh, it's it's called Hi-Fi. It's H-I-F-I. Nice. So go check it out. And then, Harry, do you have a plug? I don't. For anything? <laughs> hey, all right. I'd like to plug um, Obavia Triple. It's this uh, really, really high-quality podcast that me and a couple of friends put together. <laughs> Go check it out at uh, Wow Factory on YouTube and also a bunch of podcast things. Make sure oh you hit God. that subscribe button. Don't hit forget that to, bell to so like and, and leave us five stars and uh, oh my God. subscribe. 
That's all I got. And give us Sweet a good Christmas. review on Google. Yeah, review me on know. Yelp. Find. Yes. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> oh, what were you gonna say, Corey? It sounded like you you had something to say. Oh, speaking of feeling dead inside, I think you wanted to talk more oh. about thirteen reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a transition, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 13 Reasons Why, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people know what it is, but to those who don't, um, 13 Reasons Why is a show about a girl who commits suicide and then uh, leaves behind tapes that uh, she gives to different people that are on the tapes and tells them that you're the reason why she killed herself and then uh, talks about and like is using it as a means to tell you what you did wrong uh, to, you know, to feel like, to realize that, you know, everything is not okay. Um, and it's like, you know, so the idea of it wasn't too bad. I thought, okay, this isn't like, I, I know a lot of people talk about like, uh, this is problematic. It glorifies suicide, all this other things. I didn't really think it glorified suicide, but that's just me. I don't know if it's because I'm just blissfully ignorant about that kind of stuff, but, um, mm. I, I thought it was actually kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't mind season one, actually. I thought it was okay. Like, um, there's some dialogue that's really bad. You know, it's really cringy. Um, you know, there's some... It's like the CW version of, like... You know, it's like it's like if the CW made a Netflix series. Uh. So it's kind of like... It, it's like teen melodrama. It does get a little too melodramatic sometimes. Um but the thing is that the, the reason why it got a lot of buzz was because there's a lot of shock in the show where it shows some things that are, you know, little tough topics. And it's like, you know, it's supposed to start the discussion, which I'm OK with. I'm absolutely fine with shows to do that. And I respect that, that they want to do a show where they have conversation topics. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is scenes of like, you know, sexual assault and uh, rape, which was kind of bad i was like oh yeah and then also suicide at the end which was pretty hard so it was like really dark and stuff like that for those aspects but then there's a lot of moments in which the show i was like just sitting there going this is really stupid because like the whole the whole story centers around this character named clay and he gets the tapes, so it's his turn to listen to the tapes. Right. And there's a bunch of people before him that already listened to their tape. And so the buildup is what he did and what he, why is he on the tape and what did he do? Because he seemed like a really good friend to her and, you know, and like he's like, what did I do to, to kill you and stuff like that? So it's him wondering about that, but everyone just yells at him, just listen to the fucking tapes <laughs> for like... <laughs> 13 episodes is literally him just going, why am I on the tape? And they're like, just listen to the tape. <laughs> and oh, he does that, like, th- and, like, he just jumps to fucking reaction uh, and just goes, oh, my God. And then he just flips out. It's like, dude, just just listen. Just listen to the rest of it. Like, he just blows up on the instant of when he hears something. It's my favorite and, thing like, in any media is when... <sighs> People jump to conclusions because they're like, this one guy said you did this thing. And it's like, oh, God damn. Just yeah. Up. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's Clay throughout the whole thing. That's all he does throughout the whole thing. And also he looks like Logan Lerman. So I kept thinking <laughs> that it was Logan Lerman, but it's not. It's it's different actor. <laughs> um, But like, so he does that and then he goes crazy. Oh, and I hated this stuff. Um, he starts seeing visions of like <laughs> oh. things that aren't there. Like he starts hallucinating, and I'm like, okay, that's I. 
I get what they're trying to go for, but it got really over the top when literally there's a basketball game going on. And then he looks at center court and he sees the girl that commits suicide. Her name's Hannah. He sees her lying in the floor with her wrist cut open and blood everywhere around her. <laughs> and everyone's like running around where her body is. And he's like, oh my God, stop the game. No, no. She's on the floor. You can see her. She's dying. And then you he, didn't it's know, like. You didn't know it, Ryan, but this this show in the book is also about psychosis. It just suddenly appears though halfway through it's it's so stupid it comes out of nowhere and it gets really ridiculous and i was like that was so stupidly over the top it got like kind of dumb and i was like okay this is going a little too far but whatever but like other than that i mean it was okay like i didn't mind it Mm. but then we get to season two which season two is about the trial. There is a trial now where all the students are going on trial to talk about, you know, whether the school is being held accountable because, I, like, Hannah's mom sues the school for a lawsuit in the first season mm. and essentially wants to take the school to court because she's like, my daughter had been pleading for help and the school did nothing to help her. And so, essentially, it's like, I... I it's, it's like, it's a good idea. I'm like, okay, so we're going to go through the trial. This is going to be interesting. It's the worst thing I think I've ever watched in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> it's, oh, no. It's awful. I can't get through, like, I got through season one in a binge. Like, I got through it really fast. I, I think I watched it in, like, a day and a half. I watched all of season one. Season two, I'm only halfway through it. I'm on episode five of season two because I can only watch one episode a night because it got so bad. Like the quality oh. of like the writing went downhill. Now, Hannah, the go, the dead girl, is now a ghost, and Clay sees her all the time, and he talks to her. He fucking talks to her. Oh, and God. On top of that, not fucking around, she tells him what to do. She's like, "Why don't you do this?" And then he does it, and then it like saves. Oh no! This thing. It's like I hate this cliche of I see dead girl, and we have full conversation as if she was alive. And it's so fucking bad. And it tries to touch upon even deeper things like, oh, no, there's going to be a school shooter. And you're like, oh, no, don't do this. And then, like, they do the cliche of, like, the guy has the gun. He's like, hey, you want to want to shoot a gun? They shoot at the bottles <laughs> in the backyard. And he's like, wow, you're really good at this. You know, it's, it's all that fucking nonsense that you've seen in everything. But it's doing it all over again. But it's doing it really bad. The dialogue is just ten times worse. Damn. And I just... Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Like, I thought season one was, like, gonna be bad, but then I actually kind of somewhat enjoyed it. Season two just is what I expected the show to be from the beginning. Okay. Which was just garbage. (laughs) Okay, Ryan. It's so bad. In a quick list, can you give me 13 reasons why you hated 13 reasons why? (laughs) Bad writing. Bad acting. Bad, uh, bad dialogue, bad tropes, yeah. um, bad melodrama. That's five. Um, bad screenplay. <laughs> oh, you, no, that's you had like writing and dialogue. Fuck. I don't know if you can use screenplay. Um, <laughs> so Fuck, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm letting him milk it. I'm letting him milk it. <laughs> uh, just like this show. Um, can you bad just name, awkward. Just... Te- Bad awkward teen sex. Just name five more characters, and then I think um, you've reached thirteen. Um, poor mixed messaging of like uh, a mental illness. Um, 
bad parenting. <laughs> There's a lot of bad parenting in this film. Uh, series, I guess. I mean, sorry. Um... I, I oh there's a there's a teenager that's supposed to be 17 years old but he looks like he's played by an actor that's 30 years old not even <laughs> nice. kidding and he looks it his name is Tony the character's name is Tony he looks like a 30 year old and he is he's 26 years old and he's playing a 17 year old he literally says yeah I, I'm 17 now and I'm like that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> just got a skateboard slung over his shoulder he's like hello fellow students that's really what he is it's just the Steve Buscemi character. It's it's absolutely insane. And then there's like random characters that pop out of nowhere going, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, who are you? What the fuck are you? Like, you haven't been in this show. Why do you care about this character's life? Who are you? And then they like go away and they never come back. <laughs> there's even a line where like one of them's like, I don't even know who you are. Get away from me. It's the deeper <laughs> message of the show. Those are the psychosis characters. <laughs> oh, so the other characters are psychotic too. Other than the main character. They're going to reveal that it was all right. green. He's the ghost. Yeah, it's all, he's in a coma. 13 reasons why he's gonna I start, hate this show. He's going to start running around and catching Pokemon like real life. And then <laughs> Ooh, you're going to realize. You know what? Honestly, Clay is one step step ahead of that. So, you know what? I believe it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's getting there. He's going to start seeing all these. He's going to see Pikachus popping up everywhere <laughs> instead. I can't wait for that. I think that's in season three, right? That's where the Pokemon show up. <laughs> yeah, that's where. <laughs> and then it yeah. becomes, and then he just suddenly gets a cap, and he's like, "Oh my god!" He dressed like Ash Ketchum, and then he's they're like, and his mom walks in the room, and she's like, "Hey, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be late for the uh, your your choosing ceremony," and then he's like, "What?" Right. <laughs> the choosing, the choosing, and then and then he chooses his Pokemon, and then and then he's now he's a Pokemon master. Yeah, and he and chooses it. Just he chooses Aerodactyl, because. 13 because. reasons why Just because <laughs> 13 reasons why I became a Pokemon master is the name of season 4 <laughs> yeah. 13 reasons why is this the shortened version of that 13 reasons why I yeah. gotta be the very best <laughs> yes 13's reasons why like no one ever was dude oh god damn it dude I'd rather watch that that sounds actually why. good <laughs> 13 reasons why I gotta catch them all Oh my god. <laughs> no, can we get that? Netflix, get on that. Just yeah. And what's funny is like the author of the book also is like discrediting this series. He's like, I have nothing to do with this. Like, <laughs> I, do, I don't want anything to do with the show. I think I would too, honestly. It's, it's really bad. It's just so bad. And I just don't understand how, like, I, I just don't get it. Like, again, season one, passable at best. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's not the worst it's not Mm. as bad as i thought it was gonna be but you know it's watchable i would definitely say if you wanted to check it out watch season one and see if it's your cup of tea but if you don't like season like season one that don't even dare touch season two or three (laughs) i can't believe this got three seasons by the way god so uh because apparently like season three is pretty bad too i heard it's not very good either my roommates have been watching it they're the reasons why I, I they're part oh that's one of the reasons why I started watching 13 it. Reasons why 13. You watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was because my fr- my roommates were watching it and they were like, Hey, you should watch this. And I was like It's, it's really good. <laughs> no, no, they they said it's all aw- they said like the first season was good, but they said everything else is awful. They're pulling a fast <laughs> one on you, they're like, Hey Ryan, watch it, it's really good. No. And then also Kayla has been talking about Riverdale and she's like, Oh man, uh, you should watch Thirteen Reasons though. Because mm. she's been on that train of watching really crummy, like, teen melodramas. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> which Kay- Riverdale is very similar. To Kayla's our what's other uh, number one fan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I know she's been ho- making those hot takes on uh, Riverdale on our chats. Oh yeah, hell so yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. And yeah, it's like I love reading through them. She's like, it's been like a roller oh my god, they just did this. Oh, <laughs> that show has gotten crazy, wildly weird. <laughs> I didn't know how mm. deep that rabbit hole was going, but it sure did. Oh, it goes all the way down. <laughs> but yeah, Thirteen Reasons is like the CW of Netflix. So if you want to, that's quite a pedigree. If you want to watch some, <laughs> if if you want to subject yourself through it, go ahead. But I'd say like at least season one is worth a watch right. worth checking out at least to see if you're interested i would much prefer you guys check out mindhunter and the chef show way more over 13 i'll be honest right. way superior shows way better shows much 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 better but in watch, quality but watch wild wild country first wild wild country <laughs> naked director let's go all of all of this yes all of it so that was our netflix deep dive i hope you liked it I hope you didn't. I know. I I know. Oh God! <laughs> Everybody stop listening. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all gone by now. <laughs> Everybody quit when when Harry started talking about porn. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. Uh, so then I that KY also, Jelly pr- it's promo? probably important. I, I should give a uh, a notice. It is a very uh, mature rated show. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's quite graphic. Probably should have mentioned that before I recommended it. Don't watch it while you're home with mom. Yeah. Actually, same goes with Mindhunter. Surprisingly, some graphic sex why. scenes. <laughs> oh, well, that also has some that that also has some sex scenes in it that are a little uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but Mindhunter has some uh, a lot heavier sex than I expected. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Make sure mom and dad's out of the room for yeah, Mindhunter. Honestly, um, Wild Wild Country is kind of in the same boat. There's a yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff where it's like, hey, we got a hidden camera recording of this like session that they're doing and it's like just people screaming and naked and banging and it's like it's like what whoa the fuck? Uh, this is so th- this is therapy quote unquote therapy <sighs> that gives me the freaking heebie jeebies my guy oh my there's god a, there's a context to it that would take me a while to explain but in in the movie it's like okay i can see how things led to this but it's it's still strange it's still all that wild yeah. and crazy yeah but yeah, I think that wraps it up for this show. Thank you for checking out Oh Baby Triple. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to... I, I gotta, fucking have to write an outro. Gotta come up with an outro, yeah. Every week I say I do, and every week I don't, and I'm wondering if it's becoming a thing where I just don't have an outro. I think I want to start making one. <laughs> so Feel free to give us a like on Facebook and follow us on all the streaming platforms that you and, can. And donate don't, uh, to forget. our Patreon. Yep. <laughs> and don't forget to save the project and export files as mp3s thanks everybody <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>